and welcome to Never Seen It, a podcast about movies we haven't seen yet. My name is Trent. I'm here with my wife, Betsy. Hi, everybody. I'm your host today because I'm the one who's actually, you know, had something to do with this one. Uh, We're continuing on with our video game movie series. Every Wednesday in the month of April, if you have not seen yet, we're covering a video game movie. And today is no different. Today we're going to cover the 2016 movie, Assassin's Creed. That's the one we picked today. And we we had a hard time picking this one because we had a couple other ideas. and There's a lot of video game movies that we could have selected. And this one I think we selected because I have a history with Assassin's Creed, the franchise, and this movie is famously bad. This is going to be a study in where did we go wrong? Yeah, and it's not because I am like a super duper Assassin's Creed fan. Obviously not because I I haven't seen this movie. But you're a a fan of the games. I You've am, played plenty of them. I played a, a a good number of them. I think I there's like eight or nine of them by now. I played one and two, and then the most recent trilogy mm-hmm. that have come out on the recent consoles. So for the most part, they're pretty good. They take a lot of my time. But as far as the story is concerned, I wanted to kind of cover what my understanding of the very base level of Assassin's Creed lore. I want to kind of talk about that just so that you know what my knowledge is going in. I understand that not only is this movie bad... Like, they treat the source material like it's nothing. Like, none of the characters are the same. Some of the the story bits from the first one don't even appear. So this is kind of a modern Mario. The thing that we had struggled with, the 1993 Mario movie. It's like, here's a movie, let's slap Assassin's Creed on it. Exactly. And by the time this, this movie came out, there were at least six Assassin's Creed games out there. And they could have just taken that and ran with it, but they did not. So before I get into my knowledge, Betsy, what do you know about the Assassin's Creed series? Or the movie itself? Or both? Parkour! Parkour! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah, when you play this game, I am constantly screaming parkour because every time I look up, you Mm -hmm. are climbing or leaping or jumping off of something. Right, and like swimming through a crowd of people and like hopping off of one thing and sliding over another and jumping off a building into a hay bale. Yeah, so I think the mechanics of the game are a lot of sneaking around and trust falling. Uh, I do know from the original game, is it the original one that's in Italy? No, uh, it's two in, in, in two. Italy. Okay, yeah. maybe that's the first one I saw you play. I know there's like the weapon of choice is that blade. Mm-hmm. The hidden blade. And there's like this assassin's brotherhood. But that's all kind of the secondary stuff because what's actually happening is we're in the future and there's a device, a machine that can tap into your DNA and access the memories of your ancestors. Pretty close, yeah. Uh, Something to that you're effect. You're in the present. You're not in the future. Okay, the present being the future because they have a fancy machine. Of course, <laughs> It's of course. sci-fi. So it is very sci-fi. That is what's happening. And then the bulk of the gameplay is in the past in one of these other parts of the world. And you're on some kind of mission. And mm-hmm. there's usually historical events or historical figures that are actual people that existed around you. Mm-hmm. Correct. So... In the first game, though, I don't think there's much of any kind of, hey, pulled from the headlines of this time period or they taking there people, yet. people, like, fucking 
Leonardo da Vinci is in two, I think, and he is like giving you some of his inventions sure. for you to use in your battles. And it's really dumb, but it's kind of cool <laughs> to have people like this named in uh, in these games. But, um, but in the first one, you are in like the Holy Land. It's like around Damascus and it's like the 1100s. Okay. So the 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 basics here are you are a guy in in the first game you are a guy in the present named Desmond you are a descendant of somebody within the assassins guild or whatever they're calling it th- those days you are kidnapped by an organization who hooks you up to the machine which is called the animus okay and you are allowed to access the memories in your DNA. So like all of your ancestors, their memories are packed into your DNA and you can access them via the animus. You know, a super realistic and easy to explain device. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And you know, I understand this is a pretty large concept. This is a, this is broad concept. It is for a video game. And this was a majorly successful game. They have made, as you said, several of them. Mm-hmm. So it is just kind of begging to be turned into a movie. So yeah. I get that. You can play, too, because you can access anything. Anybody could have been an assassin. There's even a game, I think it's three, which I haven't played. You play a, a guy during the American Revolution. Of course you do. And that's cool. Yeah. And there's also stuff during the Renaissance. There's stuff during the French Revolution. There's stuff in, like, ancient Egypt. It's really, really cool, especially if you're a history nerd like we are. Definitely. So, in again, more in the first game, you go back in time and you access the memories of a guy named Altair. And you're one of the high-ups in the Assassin's Guild. And the, the main thing that you are trying to do in all of the games is find artifacts. You okay. need the thing. The Maltese you, you Falcon. Need you the need MacGuffin. the MacGuffin. <laughs> you need this MacGuffin. And there is, again, this is spoilers for people who haven't played the games. The, the 15-year-old uh-huh. video game. Uh, apparently, there is a like ancient alien civilization that has left clues and artifacts all over the, uh, all over the earth. And it's the assassins, your group, trying to retrieve these items. And the Knights Templar. I'm starting to get the sense of why maybe this movie didn't work. <laughs> there's a whole lot of stuff. And we haven't even talked about the movie yeah, yet. There's a whole lot of stuff here that takes fucking 40, 50 hours to get to sometimes. It's a massive, massive game. Yes, and not all of it is story. It's mainly you just fucking parkouring You're yourself fucking around. around. Exactly. And so, killing people. Yeah, so very long story short... There, like, this whole thing is based on conspiracy theories that the Knights Templar and the this these other groups are controlling the world via fucking artifacts and they have special powers. And it's really, really contrived and dumb, but it's still exciting and interesting while you're playing a game. I don't know how it's going to translate to a movie, probably very badly. I will see. I mean, that's the whole thing is this movie has like a 19% it's on garbage. Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. And it. we watched the trailer while we were deciding what mm-hmm. we were going to watch here. 
Uh, number one, there are a lot of mega stars in this movie yeah. that I forgot were in it. You could have told me this came out in 2004 or two years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, I wouldn't have picked 2016 because, I don't know, it just feels like one of those movies that came and went and I yeah. forgot all about it. And it just kind of seems like they got these big stars to get people to come out to these movies because they knew they didn't have a very good script. Right. So you've got Michael Fassbender who is as very the hot, lead. Very hot. Who is very hot. Uh, and I can see him in this kind of a movie, like trying to make him an action star. He's done stuff like this before. And he can fit into a lot of different kind of nationalities or like European descent. Yep. So that would make sense. Yep. So I didn't remember anyone else who was in it, but apparently we've got Marion Cotillard. Mm -hmm. We have... Brendan Gleeson. And Jeremy Irons. And Jeremy Irons. So this is like a big name cast in this prestige picture. Mm -hmm. All the pieces are there. And yet. And yet. So that's what we're going to find out. Yeah. This is going to be a little bit different than what we normally do in Never Seen It. Because we already know the movie's going to be bad. We're not going to just come back and shit on it because it's a bad movie. We're trying to figure out what went wrong and just kind of dissect it from there. Or, hear me out, maybe the maybe the critics are wrong. Maybe we'll maybe love this awesome. movie. Maybe this is awesome. Maybe it's awesome. <laughs> Who knows? So we're going to go watch Assassin's Creed. We'll be right back. Assassin's Creed. Betsy, what did you think of that one? Okay, so all of the critics hate this movie. All of the fans hate this movie. But I'm here to tell you, this is a terrible movie. They're right. <laughs> They're correct. Um, yeah, I'm sitting here thinking about the fact that there wasn't any fun. They didn't have any fun with this movie that they could have had so much fun with. Mm -hmm. They could have taken this property and elevated it, but it feels like some like 12 year old wrote a script and they said, green light it, green yeah. light that bastard. Let's yeah. go. Because there is every character is underdeveloped. The overall plot is underdeveloped. It's not boring, but it's borderline confusing. Oh, it's confusing. And by the end of it, it's like, wait, there's like cues in these kinds of movies that I know what you're trying to get me to feel. So I'm picking up on where we are mm -hmm. in the story. But I didn't give two shits about anybody in this film. Nope. And like you said, there should be some cues here where, hey, this is the big revelation or this is the big pivot for the characters. The hero moment. Yeah. The... And I'm left thinking, wait, what does that mean? Wait. What's going on? What is he doing? Why is he doing this? Genuinely, if you were to look at my notes, most of my notes are something and then a question mark. I have so yeah. many notes that I wrote down. It was like, wait, she did this? Right. And he did that? And they want to know this because? They're like implying a lot of things, but not actually paying anything off. I don't know if they knew what they were doing. So you, you talked at the beginning about... 
the game. Yeah. And I know enough about the game to know that they did reference things from the game. But this is obviously not a story that was in any of them. This is an original story for this movie. It's as if this was the first game. And I'm... And it wasn't. I'm okay with the concept of a brand new story Mm -hmm. using the basic parameters, Mm -hmm. like the opening sequences, the Assassin's Guild, the Creed, is inducting a new member, and they chop off his finger. And Mm -hmm. you have told me that the original game, the original people with this weapon... To use the weapon, that finger got in the way. Yeah. (laughs) So they took your finger, and that's how we start the movie. It's like, okay, we're going to do something true to the story of the game. Mm -hmm. Great. Awesome. It was also in Spanish. I was like, all right, that's an interesting choice. Instead of just having it be that thing where it's clearly the past, but we're all just going to speak in English because the audience doesn't need this. Yeah, and for authenticity's sake, like, you can play the Assassin's Creed games in their, whatever the native language is. The original is. language. Interesting. Like in Assassin's Creed 2, all of that takes place in Italy, and they got real Italian actors to voice the entire game. That's kind of cool. And, you know, a lot of people, like, use these games to help themselves learn the language, which is kind of cool because you can have the English subtitles along with that. So... And, and that all being said, this is all taking place during the Spanish Inquisition, or at least one of them. So to speak. I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't really know a whole lot about that era of history. Do you? Not really, apart from Monty Python. <laughs> <laughs> the one line from Monty Python. Okay. Right. But, them and the big musical number that Mel Brooks does in History of the World Part 1. Okay, fine. But... Again, this is a completely original story to show a different audience a different perspective, I guess. So the meat of the matter here is we have this character. He is descendant from from assassins. Everything in this world revolves around your DNA because your DNA essentially tells you who you're going to be. If you come from violent people, you're going to be a violent person. Yeah, they've basically genetically proven that violence is inherited. Yeah. And this group that has a front, like what you're shown here is Abstergo. They barely say the word. Did they even say it at all? I don't remember them saying the name of that company. They did it a few times, but it it was not prominent. Nothing here is like given any kind of spotlight. No. They don't elaborate on anything but anyway abstergo is the front company that in the games abstergo is to to make another video game reference they're kind of like the umbrella corporation in resident evil okay they're a pharmaceutical company they're a, a weapons company they do everything but they're also the templar the knights templar exactly they're a front for the templars okay and if you know anything about secret societies over the the millennia of this of this world the templars are one of them in real life so to speak. So to speak. So are the assassins. So they say. So are the assassins the, in a way. And the Freemasons and the Illuminati all and all of that. that shit. It's all related. <laughs> yeah. So, and we're not going to get into any kind of conspiracies. No, or they don't bother in this societies. movie, so we're not going to bother. No, I, I, I care nothing about your conspiracy theories about anything, so do not tell me about that. Anyway, 
But yeah, they're a front for the Templars. And like in this world, they're not explained what they are. Like in the games, they're actually also a video game company. Oh, Lord. Yeah. I kind of wish they had done that because in the game, in the context of a game that they're a video game company mm -hmm. that's meta and cheeky. And if they had done it in this movie, mm -hmm. I would have found it funny. <laughs> would have been would have been funnier if they were a movie company. Something, anything. Yeah. The, but they don't explain themselves at no, all here. No, they just show up and jump right to the point. And then Marianne Cotillard with what I think was her trying to do a British accent, but I'm no not idea. entirely sure. She is just there to spout off, like, catchphrases from the game. Kinda. Like, genuinely. Like, Kinda. she's just watching this unfold and then screams, Leap of Faith! Like, Leap of Faith! No, Synchronization! Why? why? There's, yeah. like, literally nothing leading into it, and she doesn't explain it after. No. So it's just like, what the fuck is the point of you? The whole movie is, you are meant to understand what is going on. And if you don't, then you're stupid. Then you clearly didn't get the memo or you clearly didn't play the games or nothing could possibly be the writer's fault for not explaining anything. They're just saying words as if they mean something Yeah, to an audience that may or may not have actually seen the game or played the game or even heard of the game. If you are making a movie or adapting a game into another medium, you have to assume that the majority of the audience has no familiarity to what they're about to see. Yeah. We just finished watching the entire season of The Last of Us. Now, you've played that game. Multiple times. I've watched you play that game. Mm -hmm. So I knew bits and pieces about it. But yeah, you're definitely that guy. If, when I'm sitting next to you, you're like, this isn't in the game. That's not in the game. Yeah. Because you knew. But I also know a lot of people who have watched that have no context for anything. Mm -hmm. And they really enjoy it. Right. Why? Because they were faithful to the adaptation. And there was a story there to tell. That's the thing. They adapted the story. For the masses not yes. just for the people who played the game well, they essentially just translated the entire thing the entire story from the last of us game into the show and fleshed it out almost one to one there's very few things that they took away that are relevant to the story the overall core the only thing that characters. you don't get in the last of us show is all of the video gameness of it you're not shooting a bunch of zombies you're not forging around for supplies you're not getting to a lot of combat situations and, tr and trying to be stealthy you're you're taking all of that out and replacing it with just the story and that allows you to have a like 15 to 20 hour game experience and turn it into what like an eight or nine episode series right whereas what they did here to make assassin's creed the movie mm -hmm. you know as m somebody who's never played the games i'm gonna go ahead and take a shot in the dark and say that people's favorite part of the game is everything except the fun stuff. <laughs> like, I think I would have to assume the majority of the time you are playing, the gameplay is in the past as the old character mm -hmm. exploring this ancient city, mm -hmm. meeting people, and learning about the overall story. You are not spending that much time in the present day. No. Is that a fair assessment? Like, those are the tent poles for the story. To move like, it along a little bit. We exactly. Touch, we touch base once in a while. Once you hit the, the mile marker that you go past this point in the game story, then you have to take a break, go out of the animus, back into the, the present day, and you get, like, an exposition dump 
for lack of a better term. Right. Versus in this movie where the stuff in the past when he's his ancestor, Mm -hmm. it's almost an afterthought. Like in the trailer, that's the majority of it. That's what they want the audience to think they're going to see is two hours of him running around in the past, big period piece, kicking ass, assassinating people. And maybe a little bit of stuff in the real world where you get like side conversations you get a little bit of backstory you get just a little bit and then by the end you set up the sequel and you give a big revelation because that's how they do it in the game but yeah this movie spends 90 percent of it in the present 90 percent yeah and when we get to the past and he's speaking Spanish. Everyone's speaking Spanish. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, how much of this movie is going to be in Spanish? Yeah, how much of this that's is subtitled? Kind of, that's kind of a weird choice for this kind of a movie. Until I realized we're not really spending that much time here. And I was like, well, no fucking wonder nobody liked this movie. Yeah. Because you cut all the cool shit. And you left me with incomprehensible drivel Mm -hmm. and there's like all these side characters that barely get introduced but they seem like vaguely menacing but apparently they're also assassins there also is a like very minor like love story that we get question mark no backstory on question mark i mean they do talk about it a little bit they almost kiss and I don't know why you needed to have that. But where they needed more development was at the beginning. Like, as much as it would would pain me, mm-hmm. this movie needs 20 more minutes. This is a two-hour yeah. movie, and we've gone on about this in recent memory, where most movies are 20 minutes too long. This one's 20 minutes too short. Yeah. I needed a longer intro. The movie starts in 1492. Then there is this, like, Four minute sequence, like tops. That was like four minutes tops Mm -hmm. where we are introduced to the Michael Fassbender character as a child. And all we get is that he is inherently (laughs) driven to do parkour because he rides his bike off of a building and then crashes it. And then his dad kills his mom. Yeah. And he is on the run. And then 30 years in the future. And that's it. That is not developing the character. I needed a scene with him talking to his mom. Everything is fine. And then he leaves and he comes back and finds this. Yeah. That would have been much more compelling and it would give me some more story. But 10 minutes into the movie, all we know about him is his dad killed his mom. He crashed his bike and he likes to draw with chalk. Mm Mm-hmm. And the chalk thing, don't know what that's about. I have no idea what that's about. Unless he's just gone a little nutty being in this cell because his walls are also covered in it. Mm -hmm. But there's no, I don't know who this guy is. Yeah, you've got no backstory with him other than that scene of him as a kid. You see him in prison for something. A priest comes to visit him and I'm thinking, okay, is this like a regular occurrence? Is he... Is this already Abstergo? Was he taken prisoner? But no, he's just on death row because he murdered somebody. And then we get the lethal injection scene. She's in the audience observing this. They go through the entire process, but then... The facade. Yeah, but then he wakes up and he's in Abstergo and she's sitting there trying to calm him down. And it looks like we're watching Metal Gear Solid Five, another <laughs> video game thing, where he is crawling away, not really being able to use his limbs yet because he's been under for so long. God, this movie spends no time sitting you down as an audience and explaining why. Just There's no something. why in anything here. No, it's like... 
oh, you're going to help us. And then they hook him up to the machine and they don't explain the machine or what it is. They don't explain it until later. And even then, it's just, okay, it's magic. It's magic. Why not? The first time he's in there, she just like pulls the plug really quickly. And I'm like, why did she do that? What is what is happening? I don't understand. And every time I was left with this like, wait, what? Why? Wait, what? Yeah. Why? Why? They didn't answer why for anything. Nobody had any fucking motivations for anything in this movie. He goes here. They're not prisoners. They're just the, uh, you know, long-term guests who don't get to leave. Uh, <laughs> there's like several yeah. of them there who are, some of them recognizable faces from other movies and TV Kinda, shows. yeah. And they, like, kind of menace him and threaten him, but we don't get why. It's all in code. Like, there's, I know what they're saying. What they, they, I didn't. (laughs) They recognize him as another assassin because everybody who comes in there is descended from an assassin of some kind. Mm -hmm. And the only reason why they're bringing in these assassins is because they're trying to find the Apple of Eden, which is one of the artifacts that I mentioned in the intro. The entire game series is about these artifacts of Eden. It's what all of them are called. There's a different artifact in every single game. But they're all the artifacts of Eden. Yes. Some of them have something to do with the Garden of Eden. Some some of them have... uh, God, I can't even remember all the other ones. But they're they're all really kind of dumb. And this one is apparently going to give people... The ability to control the free will of others. Take away their free will. Correct. Because when we finally get some kind of explanation or exposition as to what's going on or the motivations behind why they're doing this, they explain that this Apple of Eden was provided either by God or an ancient civilization. Like I said... The fucking aliens. They don't yeah. get into it here. She she did mention an ancient civilization that pushes us along. Exactly. So in this case, it is the representation of the Adam and Eve story from the Bible. In, in, in Assassin's Creed, there's a whole lot of biblical stuff. In this case, it is the representation of Eve disobeying God. And this is the, the, the genesis, no pun intended, of free will. She says, fuck you, God, I am going to do what I want. And that is what creates free will of humanity. So the apple is represented here as free will itself. Does that make any sense? Well, I mean, I understand the origins of, you know, the story of Adam and Eve being cast out of the garden. Mm -hmm. But why did we need a literal device for this? That's a great question. And it just keeps getting more confusing from there. Like I said, mm-hmm. there's a lot of hopping back and forth. And there's this subplot in the past where the Spanish Inquisition is taking over the country. And they're going to crush the Sultan question mark. Uh-huh. And there's a prince. And he's in Spain. And they've got this item. But they're all going to get burned at the stake. And they all escape. And I'm just like... But what is yeah? What is it's, happening? It's all of these like scenes from their life and just hopping around. There's no continuity to any of the stuff no. that is happening in the past. It is just these scenes where they're trying to find the clues for when this descendant came upon the apple. And then by the end of the movie, it just goes to like eleven, like very quickly, where. 
oh, the the Templars are gonna shut us down, and we've we spent too much money on finding the apple this way, so mm-hmm. we have to quick convince him to go in of his own free will because if you don't enter this what the fucking animus is that what you call yes if you don't enter it of your own free will then you can basically go insane yeah and they talk about the the concept of synchronization when he's like doing his fighting scenes and they're cutting back and forth with him in, in the big room and him in the past, he's mirroring the movements that his descendant made in the present. Okay, is that how it works in the game? I Hell thought they were no. just like strapped to a table. No, he is on a with table. With like, a, a, like monitors and shit. Yeah, yeah, they, they lay down on a table and this table can get into their brain. It's like a brain scan and yeah. that's about it. And they have to have some kind of uh, DNA sample that they can inject into the machine to of them or of the of, of the descendant, descendant of the ancient. Okay, just like they have the wrist blades, they gave them to Michael Fassbender to wear, and I guess that is somehow connecting him to his ancestor. Of course it is. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, because I'm looking at this, and he's like being sprung about and he's climbing up walls and then there's kind of an astral projection of the memories exactly so that that they can have an audience i'm like wait can everybody see this yes there is some kind of projection fucking stupid and they don't explain this technology at all i will buy it in the game that it's a brain scan i will buy that and then when you come out of it you have to tell them what you saw that i will buy I don't buy this for a second. How do you how do you not only get him tapped into the memories of this ancestor, but also, like you said, project it so that everyone else can see it too? Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any fucking sense. But back to synchronization. So when he's doing that all in sync, everything is going okay. What, is, he's what does reliving. that mean in sync? In this game. So in or the, in the movie, I guess. Well, in the movie, he's doing exactly what his ancestor did along with him. Now, I think when he desyncs, there's a desynchronization. When he dives off the thing for the first time, there's a desynchronization because he either doesn't accept that he's an assassin there or doesn't accept that this is going to work. So he freaks out. And the system freaks out and they have to disconnect him. So it's basically you have to go along for the ride. Yeah. And know that this is real. Accept it as reality. Exactly. And you will synchronize. It's similar in the game. When you desynchronize in the game, it means you died. Or your character, your ancestor kills a lot of innocent people. Oh, you got to be a bad boy. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So you're doing things that your ancestor didn't actually do. Okay, you stray from the path, yeah, as it were. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Wait, your answer, ancestor didn't die here, or your ancestor didn't kill all those people in in the big square. So it's no. just kind of a, a way to keep you on the path it and keep you on the path. Okay, yeah. yeah. She again, it was just that thing where she just like screams it. Oh, he's uh, synchronizing. Yeah, she's just screaming the word as if in the Mario movie they say coins, mushrooms, fire flowers. <laughs> Like, yeah. I'm supposed to know what it means. A yeah. brand new person to Assassin's Creed. Uh-huh. You screaming synchronize. Like it's actually important. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not important. And it isn't until he accepts it 
And it's only because he's manipulated into almost killing his father, who's also there and played by Brendan Gleeson. Who has again, no name. Again, wildly inconsistent. I'm pretty sure he was speaking in his normal accent and his American yeah. father at the beginning wasn't an Irishman. But <laughs> I don't he, know. he probably showed up and did this in one day, so I'll give him a pass. Uh-huh. So they put him in a room together to basically try to get him to kill his own dad and kind of put closure to the whole thing because yeah. that will be his motivation to get in the machine on his own. Because he, as a character, wants to kill his past. He wants to kill his father because he thinks that he murdered his mother when in reality she wanted to die for the cause. And to protect him. Yeah. And the cause. Correct. But or again, the creed, excuse again, me. Four fucking minutes we got to set all that up. Yeah. And then when he has this dramatic confrontation with his father, he is kind of losing his mind already and he's been given a blade. It was such a wet fart of a confrontation. Right. That's at the end sucked. Of, at the end of it, I just yelled, What? What was that? It, I, I don't get it. It was very anticlimactic for this to be like, oh, by the way, your father, the man who you've been seeking revenge after for he's 30 years, right here. he's in this Here's room. Here's a blade. Take up your father's blade and kill him with the blade that killed your mother. When they're trying to depict this as this dramatic decision, he just walks away. I don't get it. Yeah. It's, again, that thing I mentioned they know what they're supposed to do. Like, there's a moment where he's in his cell and they're watching him on the camera and they're like, you're making him stronger. We are making him stronger being in this machine. Okay. Which it's, is a it's, stupid it's, fucking contrivance for a video game. Like, he is off doing whatever he's doing. He's getting better at the game. He's getting He's skills. leveling up. He's upgrading his skill tree. But in, a, in the context of a movie... It's where you expect it. Like, oh, he's getting stronger. This yeah. is about the point where the character starts to develop and shift and change. Mm -hmm. We're about halfway through now. Okay, that's like the the intro. And then when he is confronting his father, it's this big dramatic thing where, oh, he has outgrown it and he's okay. And then he goes and he has his hero moment when he enters the machine of his own free will. Like there's mm -hmm. this kind of swell in the music. He takes his shirt off. And he takes his shirt off. And this <laughs> is the hero moment. And yeah. I could feel like they wanted me to care about this moment deeply. Mm -hmm. Because these are the beats of the movie that I'm watching. I understand. I've seen enough movies to know that's yeah. what you were trying to get at each point of this movie. But you didn't build it. You just like had point A, point B, point C, and it was scene of a movie, scene of a movie, mm -hmm. scene of a movie. I don't know anyone's names. I don't know anyone's motivations. I don't, the dialogue wasn't interesting. There's some some kind of film theory where it's, you, you never want to do this happened, then this happened, then this happened, yeah, and, and on and on and on. This entire movie is that. You yes. should not have to do that. You need to have some kind of reflection. You need to have an explainer. A training you, sequence. You need to something. Have a montage. A montage. Something else other than the sequence of events. And you could have done it either in the present day or in the past. This is kind of one of those movies where you get the benefit of both worlds. You could have character development in the past, which affects the character development in the present. And you basically 
got that quote unquote in this mm-hmm. movie mm-hmm. because at the end he basically breaks the machine and the ghosts of assassins past like come out and it's not a memory they just come and visit him and say you're not alone and all of a sudden he's a member of the creed yeah he's and he found a, a costume no, no he found training the blades. he like and it doesn't make any sense like he confronted his father and he basically says i'm gonna destroy the creed yeah but then he joins them. Yeah. It is incoherent. At what, at what <laughs> point does he decide this? Because they do not yeah. make this clear. No. And at the end of the movie, the bad guys are getting away and they're taking over the entire facility. All these assassins. It's like, oh, yeah. we're going to overcome and we're going to get free. And he's up on the roof and they know where the bad guys are going. And they don't do anything to stop them. Yeah. They just let them go. And then the priests or cardinals or whoever runs this church just hands over this artifact Mm -hmm. in christopher columbus's grave because we had to have a historic figure yeah so we figured it all worked everything worked trent the plan went according to what i wanted Mm -hmm. we know who's got it we know where it is and then they just go get it they just go get it yeah it's there's, in this box. There's right no here. fight there. There's nobody to stop them. There is no pressure. There's no time restraints. Yeah. They just get it. And then they go to the Templar, like cathedral or whatever the, the fuck Templar that was. The Templar temple. The temple temple. Uh, and he like holds it up and he gives a big speech. I was wondering, I was like, they haven't shown this item. Is it even nope. the real thing? What does it do? We haven't seen it in action. It glows a little bit when you hold how, it. How does it trigger? And that That's a great question. Again, you could have had a more interesting conclusion instead of him just waltzing in and slitting the guy's throat. And then everybody leaves very calmly, by the way. The whole point is it controls free will. As he approaches him and it's active, why isn't he affected by it? Yeah. Why doesn't he have this moment where his free will is taken away and then he could overcome it, like try to... And and I have no idea, like even in the games, like wielding the artifacts of Eden, I don't know really what it does. And that's fine. I don't need to know exactly what it does, but if you explicitly tell me what it does and now you're showing me and it doesn't actually do anything, what the fuck was the fucking point it's a great question betsy and yeah it just we get to the end and he's a part of this guild and i don't know why i don't understand how this guy who started as a murderer he murdered a pimp or something yep question mark no explanation as to why he seems to have no remorse about it Mm -hmm. okay he's a bad guy he's an assassin but these guys aren't well-written anti-heroes. Like, there is yeah. there is a possibility to make this movie really good and to know you're rooting for a bad guy. But when we start and this dude's on death row and he's being killed with a lethal injection, mm-hmm. that's a fucking dark way to start a movie. And this is going to be your main character that I'm going this to is follow my hero? throughout the entire movie, plus maybe other movies that will never get made. Dear God, I hope not. Well, like, by I now. think all the legs are there. All the parts are there. There's not a terrible movie inside this terrible movie. Like, there's parts of this where I understand you know what you're trying to do. This would make a much better television show. Maybe. Because every season could be a different game. Episodic, a different, yeah. Uh, a different ancestor, a different... Like, even in the games, they move on from the original guy in the present, Desmond. They move on to other people. 
in the in the in the present. After a big cataclysmic thing happens in one of the games, it moves on to another person who is also going back into the past, and then you don't actually have to have a connection to that person you just need to have their dna in some fashion and you can hop into their memories well and there were so many little things they could have done just simple things like if you're going to have an original story yep for this movie you're not going to base it on one of the games mm -hmm. work with what you got okay you have michael fassbender the dude is german he's half german have it be in germany you could have fucking Vikings. Yep. Like, they did that eventually. I don't yep. know if that game had come out yet. You no. could have done that. You could have also made it really easy for yourself and been in England. You yep. know, you could have just had everybody speaking English, mm -hmm. and we're going to go back to, you know, I don't know, fucking Henry VIII. I don't care. Like, something that people are more familiar with that mm -hmm. is a relatable story on mm -hmm. some level. Mm-hmm. You don't have to mess with the subtitles. <laughs> and I think that was one of the things that the first game kind of got wrong because they started in Damascus and nobody really remembers or understands that portion the of, masses of history. Don't do classic history. <laughs> like I said, it, it, it takes place in the 1100s and then later it's um, the Assassin's Creed 2 is in Italy in, I believe, the 1400s. And then it jumps all the way to the 1700s in, in America. And then I think it goes backwards to the French Revolution, which is around the same time. It, it, it's a big fucking mess. And the whole, it's not supposed to be a coherent story through, from game to game. It's standalone things, which Correct. is why there is a possibility to make a movie of this. I totally can see it. But you have to make simple, smart decisions. Like I said, have it in England. Spend most of your time in that part and not in the fucking future. No one gives a shit about a bunch of scientists watching him watch memories. Yeah, and I, I fully believe here that there is a good story. I wouldn't play the games otherwise. The stuff in the present, the stuff in the past, it all kind of weaves together in a somewhat coherent fashion. I'm not saying that the games are perfect. I had a real hard time playing the first one. I'm not even sure if I remember finishing the first one. But as they hit their stride, they got better characters, they got better storytelling, they got better game mechanics. They could have made this movie better by just relying on the people who actually made these games and, you know, use their expertise. But they didn't do that, clearly. No, they, they've got a credit, like the company that made the game. Yeah. They've got a production credit. Based that's on about it. the property from Ubisoft, and that's it. Versus, you know why The Last of Us, to go back to that works, mm -hmm. they got the fucking creator of the game yeah. involved in the show. Yeah. Heavily involved. Heavily involved. Same thing with Game of Thrones. Not a video game. Yeah. Even though it has game in the title, guys. Sure. But they have the creator, the writer, mm -hmm. involved in the show. On set. Yeah. Not even just, like, helping writing it. It's on fucking set. You couldn't find one guy who had, like, nothing better to do on a Tuesday. <laughs> well, the, the thing about the games is that they're actually developed by, like, multiple studios in different parts of the world at the same time. Mm -hmm. It's why they can crank them out so fucking quickly. Sure. They're because doing the first it concurrently. One, the first one came out in, 20, in 2007, and... It's now 2023, and there's been like seven or eight full-sized games, along with probably another seven games that are kind of smaller stories. Little mini-games. They just crank them the fuck out. But I would say with the movie that we just watched, they needed to slow down. 
This movie is at a fucking frantic pace the entire way. There's no room to explain anything. There's no room to give any of these like side characters a backstory. Like Sophia, like she's kind of an interesting character. She's the daughter of the CEO of this thing. Like I kind of figured she was going to turn and become an assassin and go against her father because she didn't like what was happening with this, with this guy. But no, she's going to now be on the hunt for revenge. Yeah, it's like a very sudden thing, too, because she sees what her father is going to do, and she's disappointed and she doesn't want to go along with it. Right. She knows that Michael Fassbender's character is going to assassinate him. Yeah. She doesn't stop it, but then she, like, proclaims she's going to get revenge. Yeah. And now she's being set up as the villain. It's like, wait a second. (laughs) Hold on. So this whole movie, you wanted to do it your way, the gentle way, to help the the Templars. Mm -hmm. And you know what's going to happen here. You don't agree. But instead of being like, well, yeah, this is my fault. That fucking sucks. You're like, this is my fault and I'll have revenge. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, oh, okay. That's a character turn, I guess. Just to have one. There are plenty of other things in this movie that bothered me. One of them is the trope that when you are playing both the character now and your ancestor, Mm -hmm. I don't know if they gave him a fake nose or what. It was just really bothering me. That's like, are they trying or not trying to make Michael Fassbender look different in the assassin uh, I, I don't know if they did if they went that far they they definitely made like they dirtied him up they gave him some like fake tattoos well it, and... maybe this was the problem the lighting is really bad in this movie yeah it's because... like super dark in the in the past sections but everybody it... is like fighting in silhouette and i get you're wearing hoods okay fine whatever i'm not supposed to see your face yeah but then even in the present like there were some shots with jeremy irons where i'm like why can't I see his fucking eyes? What is this angle? What are we doing here? So you could have just taken like five minutes and turned up the lights a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, though that thing about you playing the same person in two different times, mm-hmm. it shouldn't bother me, especially in this kind of a movie. It does. Especially it just at does. the very end when all the ghosts show up and they're all Michael Fassbender in different pieces of garb throughout history i'm gonna tell you which that was kind of cool it was kind of cool that you have all these different pieces of clothing from these different eras the fact that he's been around for 500 years his family that's kind of cool i'm just gonna say genetics don't work like that no i've seen some people maybe like three four generations tops where you've got the same face not 500 years i'm just gonna be a nitpicky bitch about this all right well speaking of good things i wanted to mention something here that i thought was kind of interesting they don't go that far into the templars or abstergo or anything like that they say something about there's these elders that everybody reports to because hey any secret organization has to have a bunch of grand poobahs that you <laughs> that you report to but jeremy irons and this elder have a conversation when he's being threatened of like pulling the funding you know the movie trope of getting your funding pulled that's right trent we've talked about this before well-funded scientists are the villains. <laughs> That's yes. all they care about is That's their right. funding. That's right. But yeah, they have this conversation about 
the fact that, you know, the Templars have been around for a millennia. They have been involved in every single thing in human history. But their main goal here is control. They don't want to have the chaos of humanity. They don't want to have the violence and everything else. Like, Jeremy Irons has a fucking speech at the UN, of all things, Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the movie where he talks about the history of humanity is a history of violence, which is correct. Yes. Everybody marks occasions, marks points in history by war and violence. Yeah. What do you, you don't remember the times of peace. You remember the war of 1812 and the civil war and this, that's how we mark time. Eras of time. Yeah. It's very true. But what they're getting at here is that the Templars have been involved in in all this stuff. And because of the violence, the violence is what causes change. The violent revolution of the Americas, the violent revolution in France, uh, all of these other wars throughout history cause change. They don't want change. They want to be in control of everything and make humanity follow their direction where they want it to go. And I I like that he said, we've tried religion. Mm -hmm. We've tried consumerism, consumerism, capitalism. Yeah, all of these things. And but... With a little social commentary here, they say, well, people nowadays are less concerned about their civil liberties. They're more concerned about their standard of living. Like, they want to have their nice TV and their game systems and all of the different things, that the creature comforts that people have gotten used to. Those are the important things. The fact that their freedoms are being taken away from them, they don't care about that stuff anymore. Yeah, there's, That's passe. There's a nugget of something interesting here in this otherwise god-awful movie. That's why I said it's one of the only good things I've seen in this movie. Okay, I will say, if you if we're talking about good things, yes. I think Michael Fassbender was really committed to what he was doing here. I don't think he was given good material to work with, but I believed him every minute he was on the screen. Yeah, he put in the effort. He was trying, and he was working up the emotion, and he was physically committed to the jumping and the climbing and all that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he did some of the action to an extent. I would say that the directing was also pretty good, because you have to be able to depict everything on screen. You have to be able to direct your actors and have them envision what is going to be on screen. Yeah, you have to buy what's happening as we fly you about the place. Exactly. Especially for him, where it's like, we're going to add this all in post, but you're climbing up a wall, and you're staring down, and you're shooting a bow and arrow. Or when he's by himself in his cell, and his ancestors shows up to to spar with him yeah he's hallucinating (laughs) as he comes into the cell yeah he's fighting with himself and at the same time he's learning how to fight yeah and like when he confronts his dad i was i believed him it was just not a good speech no you know but he was like he was giving it his all yeah he was acting yeah i think most of the people in this movie the acting actually was pretty good I think most people were were doing their assignments. Like Jeremy Irons, like you okay, I was counting of the the main people, there are 7 Academy Award nominations. All right. All for acting. So, you've you've got the top quality cast and this is what we said in the intro. It's like what went wrong? Cuz all of this should make sense. Like you've got 
nominated actors and you've got this big budget and you've got technology and you're doing it on set and it's this big costume action movie but like the action there's a big budget there's gonna be a bunch of cg yeah the action sequences kind of uninspired yeah the plot lackluster also it was one of these things where the action scenes were almost all included in the trailer yeah they gave you the best bits in the trailer, mm-hmm. and that should always be a warning to you, kids. Yep. If you watch a trailer, and then you go watch a movie, and the movie sucks, go back to the trailer and tell me those aren't the best, like, three minutes they could scrounge out there of that movie. Know. Yep. All right. Um, Betsy, any other thoughts here before we get out of here? No, Trent. I can't say I have any other thoughts. I, I didn't expect to like this. I genuinely didn't. Sometimes I just want to see... Why is it so bad? Yeah. I had a puzzled look on my face the entire way from beginning to end. Even at the very end when his his assassin crew were up on top of this building and they're going to do the thing that they always are supposed to do and jump off the building into a hay bale. Which, by the way, they did have. They didn't have anybody jumping off a building into one. Someone fell but into during, one. During one of the parkour fight scenes, somebody fell into one. I was really annoyed that at the very end of the movie, he strikes the pose that he's going to do it and then yeah. it cut to black. Uh-huh. And it's like... You're telling me that there isn't a wagon full of hay in London in 2016? (laughs) That has, you have very little faith, sir, in your leap of faith. (laughs) Yes. All right. I'm going to call an audible here. We've already talked way too much today. Uh, No emails today. We're going to save those for another day. But I will say, I want to hear from you guys about this movie any other video game movie, whether we covered it or not. There's a lot of bad video game movies. So you've got to have some opinions. And I I have no idea whether or not we're going to do another series like this. Uh, There is a very specific reason why we're doing this particular series at this particular moment. You can ask us again next week when we cover the last one. But... I would like to know what you what your thoughts are. What is your favorite video game movie? What's your favorite video game? I don't care. We can have a conversation about that. Just include it in there. Give us give us your top three. I think this was a really interesting case study to watch something where I know kind of the backstory, you don't, and let's just sit down and study it. Like, we could have covered, like, the Street Fighter movie or, like, the Double Dragon movie from back in the 90s. I don't have any connection to those movies, and neither do you. How am I going to know if it's good or bad? Exactly. Other than what people have told me, how it's bad. <laughs> exactly. So this is why we chose this movie uh, for this time, for, for this slot anyway. So I, I'm glad that we did this. I I would like to hear what anybody else who would have to say about this movie. Did you like it? Do you have any other thoughts to add into this? Email us, neverseenitpod at gmail.com. Reach out to us on social media if you don't know how email works. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All the links are in the podcast description. Along with a link to go to our Spotify page to throw us a dollar on there to support the show. And as long as you're there in your podcast app, rate us five stars in the iTunes and in the Spotify or wherever else that you are listening to us today. There's like, I don't know, a dozen places where you can listen to this now. So that's kind of cool. Anyway, that's going to be it for this episode. 
Stay tuned. Sunday, we're going to have another Smutty Sunday. Two more Sundays left of the month and one more video game movie coming next Wednesday. But until then, my name is Trent. My name is Betsy. And this has been another episode of Never Seen It. Parkour!